What up, though? And happy Black Fridays to all the hustlers, the money getters, hardworking professionals, and everybody else in between. Hope everybody is doing well. Welcome back to the podcast. It's your favorite host, Denzel Turner, and you already know how we do. Joining me on this episode is Jawan Harris of King's Dream Consulting, where his mission is to help small businesses do better business. And I don't know about y'all, but I've been to some local spots that I love and continue to do business with. And then I've been to some local spots that I don't necessarily care for and I'll never step foot in again. But that's the reason for the conversation I had with Juwan today. And he gives us some dope insights on what it takes to run a successful small business. Now, if you know somebody who could use this type of information, don't be shy. Go ahead and send them the episode. Otherwise, sit back, relax and enjoy the convo. We are here back again talking to another dynamic guest about black business. So today I'm excited about this conversation. I have a fellow marketer on the podcast, somebody who is the proclaimed Basquiat of business and then also the founder of King's Dream Consulting. I want to introduce you to Seattle's own none other than Mr. Juwan Harris. How are you doing today, brother? Doing good, man. Thank you so much for having me, for making the time. I know this is kind of short notice, but I, I really do appreciate it. Love the platform. I'm, I'm honored to be a part of this. No doubt. No doubt. And I'm happy that you're here. I'm really looking forward to getting into the conversation. Uh, but before I get started with that, my favorite segment of the show, uh, I'm going to introduce us with Freestyle Fridays. So what Freestyle Friday is, I'm going to put on a beat. And Juwan, I hope you got some bars. You got to put on for Seattle right now because you got to give me some, uh, you got to give me at least eight bars or something. Eight bars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so lucky for you, you don't have to do no freestyling today. Maybe we'll do it at a later time. But Freestyle Friday is just a random assortment of questions. They're all about you. So you can't get them wrong. You just answer them honestly. And you answer each one. That's my only, those are my only two rules. All right, man. Perfect. Perfect. Um, I appreciate the willingness, though, that that shows uh, the, the true heart. Ready to come with it. Yeah. Yeah. Ready to get it. Ready. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start off. Very simple question. Would you prefer to eat one for the rest of your life? Which one would you choose? Pizza or hamburgers? Pizza off tops. Cheese. OK. Extra cheese. Fair enough. Fair enough. Straight to the point. Now, if your phone could only do one of these three functions, I need to know which one you would choose. And it can't do any of the other two. Text, phone call, FaceTime. Which one you pick? I'm going to do that phone call. Phone call. Yeah, for sure. Something about a connecting with someone in their their voice. I move too much for for FaceTime. I'm, I like multitask. As soon as the FaceTime starts, I start multitasking. <laughs> and I, I despise those type of FaceTime. So I, I'm with you on the <laughs> picking the traditional phone. Call me. All right. Now, there's been a lot of speculation about this, about where you stand on this in the tabloids. So I need you to put it into it once and for all. Do it. Do you believe in aliens? <laughs> No, no. I got to say, if they did exist, it feels like by now, I don't know. They exist. 
they would have said something, you know, they would have, they would have reached out. They would have, they would have hit us with something. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I got to say no. I believe they're out there somewhere. And if they smart, they probably should stay away from earth. Why come over here? They probably living way better than what we got going on. They, they got to have better options than this. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Um, if you had to describe your life based on the sitcom, what sitcom would it be? sitcom you know i wish i could say my wife and kids i think that would be a a beautiful model to to live by but probably more like probably more like frazier if anyone who's ever watched frazier uh it's actually based in seattle crazy enough i grew up on that show my mom used to put it on we only had so many channels it used to come on one of the major networks ah that's my that's my jam Okay. All right. Shout out to Frazier. I used to watch that a lot coming up. Um, oh, man. I used to, yeah, I used to watch, I didn't, I didn't have cable. So Frazier was on. I used to, <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not watch it? <laughs> and last but not least, I need you to tell me a book that has impacted you the most. The Art of War by Sun Tzu. That's the one. That's definitely the one. The thing, I mean, it's, it, it's antiquated and it, it can feel general at times, but just just reading through it, I feel like existence in, in, in many aspects is battle. We're always at war. Our body is at war with itself. Oftentimes we're at war with our minds. We're at war with um, our objectives, we're, our aspirations. We're at war with sometimes coworkers and um, we're at war with um just asking ourselves the, the the bigger questions, the more critical questions. So a lot of what I got from the art of war is just how to navigate the many battles that you have just in life and dealing with an opponent, ones that you can't see and ones that you can't dealing with yourself. Sometimes you're your own opponent. If anything, you're your greatest opponent. Appreciate you engaging in my shenanigans on Freestyle Fridays. <laughs> you successfully passed. So uh, congratulations to you for that. And King's Dream Consultant. I want to know, tell us a little bit more about that and why you felt there was a need for the type of business consulting that you offer and the services that you offer. Yeah, I'll tell you. So we've been around since 2020, unofficially 2019. I think like most entrepreneurs, I I started building the company while I was working at another place, a place that I was not, that I didn't feel I was valued at. I was the youngest, I was the blackest, which is something that occurs very often. Um, I'm born and raised here in Washington and I've, in many spaces that I can recall, especially the higher up that I have like gotten in in my career, I've become the youngest and the blackest perpetually. Um, So I had started building a, just a a business consulting firm. Why business consulting firm? I wish I could tell you. It just felt, I must've come across it one day and it felt like this is it, this is the answer. This is how we, at the time, this is 2019, gentrification in the Central District, Seattle's Central District historically black neighborhood was really prevalent and everyone was just, everyone was taking their best swing at it, trying to come up with a solution. The nonprofits wanted this, the for-profits wanted this, housing wanted this, education wanted this. There were so many different, um, so many different realms that all wanted to have a say into me. And, you know, I'm a business nerd. We've connected on this. I'm a big business nerd. And I felt like business and enterprise was the way to 
to add, to uplift the community that was being erased and the reason why they were being erased and why people in the CD were feeling uncomfortable and also moving outside of just being priced out is a lack of representation in the businesses that they could frequent. When you when you move a black business, you move an entire community, you move an identity, you move a lifestyle, you move a culture. And more often times than not, the people will move with that business or closer to that business because of the accessibility, because of the, they, these are essential items to us. What's not essential to to the rest of Seattle, it, it is essential to us, being able to find a barbershop. Something as simple as that so that we can even appear in corporate America is, that's essential. And when you're watching those be uprooted, you know, so business consulting became a, I like puzzles, I like business. How do I help solve for why these businesses are failing? Why are they failing in the first place? And that started me on the path of business consulting and management. And we've been doing that for the last, the last two years, last two years. Here we are. We do um, uh, marketing, design, and then strategy. A lot of it is strategy. Just again, same. We're trying to solve for the for the why. Like, why is this business struggling? Get a snapshot, and then how do we how do we show growth? How do we guarantee growth? What does growth look like for this business? Because um, growth looks different for different business owners. So we have to have a personalized approach to helping these businesses. Um, and we're able to match that with marketing, match that with, with the design because you need assets and people need to be able to find you, yes. Um, but also strategy, just navigating transculturally businesses across the country because we serve small businesses in America with like a, a neighborhood approach, the same neighborhood approach and the zeal that I had trying to figure out what was going on for the central district businesses is the same approach that I have every business district that we have been a part of. So it's, it's been a ride. That's us. That's what we do. So in terms of, and we've talked about this before, but I'm from Detroit. So I see some parallels to what has happened in Detroit and then also in Seattle in terms of gentrification, displacing black owned businesses. Uh, what happened in Detroit is that a ton of black owned businesses were all around the city, downtown, uh, in the neighborhoods and so forth. And then when these larger corporations started to come in, they started to get displaced. I know people personally that got displaced as far as them having a, a storefront or anything like that. And it seems like this a similar thing happened in Seattle, like you said, in the central district in that neighborhood. And for you to be a somebody who's born and bred here, I want to know your perspective on growing up. What was it like being able to have access to those black owned businesses in that area to, you know, when they started to get displaced to what you see now? Yeah, it, it was a feeling, it was a vibrance. And I know for the black people that, that move here, my family's been here for two or three generations by now, but for newer um, black residents that come here, they're they're not able to identify with it, but they they've come from places that are are that have just a higher concentration of black people. But there was a feeling of like I belong here, like I fit, I fit in here, um, and that I think that's it. It's hard to put it in, into words, but it was a feeling of of belonging. Um, and when you when you look at it, when you pan inward. It, it was the businesses. It was the businesses. It was the people. It was it was the community. It was the recreational activities. But all of that is centered around is centered around access and being able to look around your neighborhood and see yourself reflected, reflected in the art, ref, reflected in 
Uh, just even the buy on a bystander level, that's what it felt like. It felt like this is the place. This is the black neighborhood. And that's how it felt. It felt like this is the, oh, this is the black neighborhood. You know, you don't have to talk about it. Um, you don't have to identify it with a magnifying glass. You just, this is the black neighborhood. I'm in the, the black neighborhood. That's it. Yeah. And that is, that is, um, there, there's been a lot of upward movement and progression that I, I love seeing, um, with organizations like Africatown Land Community Land Trust um, and with Black Dot and um, Equity Now that they're, they're um, fighting and they've, they've got, they're fighting for that, for that seat at the table and they're turning that into different, um, a lot of the spaces that were lost. And so it's, it's, I see it coming back, but it's, it's so, it's just different. It's different. I lived in the Central District not that long ago, maybe, last year actually not not that long ago and it, it definitely felt like i was in a neighborhood that i did not belong in and that's so funny because it it was such a black area for so long so many decades and now it i'm seeing people cross the street when i'm walking down in the black neighborhood like it that's so crazy to me um but i i see it coming back so i i, I say all that to say there there's light at the end of the tunnel um if we continue to to push. Yeah, and that's a great perspective because me being a transplant and moving out here a little bit over a year and a half ago, being able to talk to people like yourself who are from the area or who have been out here for a very long time. And they say like, you know, it hasn't always been like this, like the central district, this was for us. Like you can, you get that vibe, you got that sense and it's not necessarily like that anymore but then you have different businesses that are coming back to that area and purposely wanting to come back to that area to rejuvenate that that black unity that black community and uh black ownership which is a uh, really dope and i hope to continue to see it to uh excel um and you know hope that the gentrification doesn't continue to be predominant in that particular um, space, but then also be inclusive of those businesses that are trying to make a difference and bring that whole feeling and bring that vibe back. And it's been dope to just go over there. I get my hair cut over there. I go eat over there. I got friends that live over there. So um, it's definitely uh, a vibe for sure. And you still got an essence of that, which is great. But it is. It's There's traces. There is. Mm-hmm. There's traces. It's coming back. Most definitely. And can you tell us as far as strategy wise, uh, the different types of businesses that you work with? I know you don't work with exclusively black owned businesses, um, but I'm sure you have had the opportunity to strategy wise for those small businesses. What are some things that you are starting to notice that they are not thinking about when it comes to like a, a holistic business view? Um, because I know you you're involved in marketing, design, but then also uh, general strategy as well. What are some things that these businesses are missing? Yeah, in in particular with black owned businesses, what I what I think it is missing, and this changes, because um, we, we do this nationally, and this, this changes from state to state. You know, it's Black-owned businesses and the temperament, the disposition in Seattle is very different from Black-owned businesses in Atlanta, where they could, if I ask them, name a, a Black millionaire that you know, or a Black neighborhood that has affluent Black people, like, off, off tops, they know where that is. Seattle, no, not at all. Not, not unless they're related to the Seahawks. Not, not even. <laughs> it, it's different. It's a little different. Um, but I'll say that, as far as the strategy is concerned, there is a 
and, and I, I hate to say this, and this is my unpopular opinion. That's something that I'm known for, so I might as well just get it out and have my, my unpopular opinions. But it, it's the truth. It's the truth as I believe it. We are in a state where we only make up 6% of, of the population. And a lot of that is concentrating in Western Washington. So, like, I mean, pretty much, pretty much all of us um, are here and... We are starting a lot of cultural businesses, cultural businesses that would be successful, I would imagine wildly successful in areas where there are more of us. But here in Washington, we're starting a lot of cultural businesses for markets that don't exist. And there's a lot of there's a lot of businesses, black businesses that are standing on top of each other. And really, it's, it's the crabs in the barrel. They're impeding each other's growth because they're they're saturating the market by having the same category of product, the same the same product, if not the same category um, at the same price points, which gets into a very lethal game of trying to beat each other on price, which means that they're they're um, trimming or they're cutting corners on quality and then they start losing business and then. Um, so that's that's a lot of it is black business owners here with strategy need to challenge themselves on and asking themselves, how can I be different? How can I how can I be in this category, but drive my own lane? How can I be an innovator in this space um, to perform on a national level, on a global level or even just a regional or a local level? How, how can I innovate? Because I can't keep building the same exact business as every other black person here you you have to be inventive you have to be a risk taker um not all business owners are risk takers you have to be a risk taker um that's that has to be factored into your strategy it's just asking yourself where where is there a problem that needs to be solved that that isn't just for this this niche market how can i build a business that has a a national or regional or a, a global appeal even if it is selling to, to directly to blind people if you're just relying on black Washington for your business to thrive I'm telling you you're gonna have you're gonna have an extraordinary hard time they're just we just don't have the population density to to build a thriving economy yet um, it's happening there's more centralization that's happened that happens when we mobilize it happens when we get together we do these different events um, we jump on each other's podcasts we jump into each other's businesses and cross promote but we're just not there yet uh, with our population so you Look at your business as a what's the national game, what's the regional game, um, and start being inventive. Yeah, and I think that's definitely a um, very unique perspective from the standpoint of like when you're saying those things, I see it more so as not like an unpopular opinion, but more so like a challenge. Like I just went through a whole business coaching um, program, and then one of those things was to talk about, okay, what are you bringing to the table that's unique in terms of your services or whatever you're offering? Also, what is your niche? Who are you going after and figuring out how to speak their language and go into that particular market and really hone in on that? And it sounds like what you were um, talking about was there's a lot of, you know, copycat or I'm going to rely on this being attractive to black audiences or black audiences in Washington. And then that's my business, but you really got to, you got to have way more of a strategy and an idea of who you're talking to and what you're trying to do and not just doing it because you think, Oh yeah, this is 
I know what my people want. Let me just go ahead and and throw it out there. But you, re- it, it takes way more than just that in order to figure out what is your lane and then also be successful. Yeah, that's where planning and coaching and and writing things down, which is such a uh, such a simplistic, rudimentary, rudimentary task, but just just write things down and start looking at where do I want this business to be three years from now? Where, where, where do I break even? What are my products? How am I different? Just start writing it down, start getting it down. Because once you start writing it down, you're going to be faced with some of those realities. When you get it out of the vision state or the idea state, when you start working on the execution, um, just get it down, get it in front of you. Um, something that you can see, cause you'll, you'll notice these things and you'll, you'll be more prepared to have a, a broader appeal or start looking at uh, sustainability and how long, how long can you last and how to throw things into place? Cause that's strategy. Strategy is just, it's planning and it's looking, it's painting out and looking at the big picture. Absolutely. And do you have any tips on how people can incorporate more of that strategy, more of that line of thinking that we're talking about right now into their business? If they're just getting started or if they're trying to elevate, go to a new level, do you have any tips that come to mind on how they can get better at that? Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, I'll speak. I'll speak for myself because I never want to give a word of advice that I wouldn't take myself. But I. I got a whiteboard. I got a I have a, a huge whiteboard actually. It takes up the scale of the wall because um, I have a lot of ideas. A, a lot of the times, it does feel like we we as a consulting company get paid for creating ideas. It's a lot of ideas. I write a lot of things down. Get it out in front of you and start writing those things down. Start mapping out. Um, there's a lot of free tools out there, um, especially on like websites like Score um, is really good. Uh, the Score Score.org or whatever it is. Um, where you can get like a business model canvas, start getting into that stuff. It's boring. It really is boring. But once you start getting it down, you're going to see how helpful those things are because you're going to need that. You're going to have to rely on that because markets change, demographics change, populations change, um, your products will change, new competitors will enter the market. Um, and you're, you're going to see a lot of challenges. And you're going to need those things. That business model canvas, start start on your business plan. Even if you're just, it's just a couple pages in, just start, start writing that stuff out. Um, and then be a part of the conversation. There's a lot of workshops. This goes back to Black Dye and all the other incubators and accelerators that are happening. Um, Urban Impact has an accelerator that's, that's free, which is really dope. Um, get a part of the conversation. Start learning more about business in general. That'll help your strategy because if you're approaching your business and your vertical with the same mindset that everyone else is in your industry, you have to draw inspiration outside of your industry. That's how you become dynamic. And that's how you you can start to implement strategy when you're around other business owners that have different approaches. You can start to take little pieces from their models and create something that's unique um, and that's special and that is more competitive. So that's what I would do. I'm going to ask you for a little bit more free game here. While we got the expert here, I got to get the free game from <laughs> all my experts that come on here. So, I want you to take the scenario. If I have no money, if I got little to no money in terms of marketing my business, putting myself out there, what would Jawan do and what plan would you come up with in order to put your business in the best position 
marketing wise? Yep. No money. You're especially marketing. You're going to want to look at the channels that are already free that everyone is already on. Um, uh, I'll say I got a burger shop. It's, it's plant based because I'm, I'm pescatarian. So it, it's a plant based burger shop. I am going to join every Facebook group that has anything to do with vegetarianism, everything that has to do with vegans, everything that has to do with pescatarians, a niche market. You definitely want to capitalize on niches. I'm going to look at, I'm black. I'm going to look at all the black groups. I'm going to look at, uh, I'm in Washington. I'm going to look at all the Washington groups and I'm just going to plug. I'm going to plug my my stuff for as, as many times as they the group policies will allow me to join those groups and again that goes back to being a part of the conversation um and i'm just going to plug away that's facebook on instagram i'm going to start following the pages uh look at those hashtags i'm in hashtags all the time look at the hashtags of what people are hashtagging um that you want to buy your products you want small businesses to buy your products start following the small business hashtags this applies to twitter too um and then follow those see what people are talking about what their pain points are what what they have in common that's how you start building up personas um personas is just a way of segmenting the market so you don't look at the whole thing you just look at it as pieces um people are creatures of habit they do a lot of people do a lot of the same thing start creating those groups so you can target them uh, effectively and just take advantage of what's free leverage that you got friends you got family leverage referrals start with referrals referrals are a really easy way to start building business tell your friends and your family if your friends and your family won't buy from you or don't believe in you, it's going to be really hard to sell perfect strangers. Uh, I guess that depends on what kind of family you came from. But if even if they don't believe in you, it's going to be really hard. Try to figure out why they don't believe in you. Why won't they share your stuff? Figure out why. There could be a reason. Maybe they think that it's not that good. That's a reason right there. Ask why and, and solve for that. But take advantage of these free channels, the free channels that are already out there. Emails are free. Buy yourself a professional email, not a Gmail, not a Hotmail, not an Outlook. Buy yourself a professional email. They're about $11 a month. Start emailing people, emailing leads. Um, how do you know who leads are? Same thing. Get on Google, Google Academy, and find the people that that you want to do business with and start there. See, based on your response to that, not only can I tell you a business nerd, you also were a salesman. I definitely, I know a salesman when I see one, but we talked about it earlier too, but yep. everybody listening, yeah, he, he has a background in sales and it shows. And that's how you go out there and you get it when you pretty much have no budget. And that's something I used to tell clients that I used to work with. So I do web design and clients I used to work with back in the day who were pretty much in the same realm as me just getting started. I'm like, hey, you got to use these free channels. You got to get on social media. You got to do something. You got to post something. You have to be put yourself and present yourself out there to the public so they know what you got going on. And I was a little triggered by what you said about when it comes to uh, figuring out why your people aren't supporting what it is that you do, because <laughs> my my go to is in my mind, I'm just like, OK, I'm not I'm not their market. All right. People don't listen to the podcast. People don't share the podcast, whatever. Maybe they're not a podcast person or maybe don't want to hear me talking about black owned businesses or whatever it is. So that's where my mind goes. But I like what you said about 
figuring out why not? Is it a awareness thing? Is it an uninterested thing? Is it, am I born? Like, you know, just really trying to understand what people perception of it is and then being able to figure out how to adjust for that. And uh, I think that's where a lot of like getting feedback and, and that type of information comes in handy. So then you can tweak and then be able to um, adjust appropriately because a lot of businesses, especially small businesses, don't make those tweaks. They don't make those adjustments. And then next, you know, you out of business, you don't have an audience, you don't have a market because you ignore them. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly it. It is hard as a business owner. And we, that's why you often hear business owners refer to their their projects or their business or their organization as this is my baby. It's hard to ask for feedback from for your baby. And it's hard to accept the criticism that you're getting, especially if you feel like the person's wrong. If they're not willing to send the, spend the money or even the free things that you, that you need people to do to help you advance, there's a reason behind it. You just got to you got to solve it. And you're you're going to have to put on your business self and just figure out, like, why? Like, why? Why don't you? You know me. Why don't you just buy, buy my my vegan burgers? Like, why? Oh, it's because because you're not you're not vegan. You don't like vegan. So you're not my customer. OK, so who is my customer? See, and now you're now you're solving for a different problem. And why aren't you my customer? It's a lot of questions and it's a lot of feedback. But when you're just getting started, that's the time that you get those things, because that's how you prove your concept. You prove your model. You show that it works um, is this is it. This is when you will take the most um, word. I don't know if I could cuss on here. This is when you'll take the most and the most hits to your personality, to your character, because you have to ask. You got to ask why. What's wrong with you? Why don't you like me? Just ask. And they'll tell you most more often than not, especially from from black business to black business, black resident, black customer, black client to black business. They will tell you they will tell you um, why they don't like your business and why they don't like your mom in the same sentence. In the same <laughs> breath, a lot of the time, just ask. And in the essence of Black Fridays, can you tell us why it's important for us to support our black owned businesses, our black owned professionals, creatives and so forth? Yeah. Why you should support them. So I, I have two answers to this. One is a one is a more American, a, a nationalized answer. Um, and the other one is, is probably a little bit more personal as as, as an American citizen. Um, that that wants the best and wants growth um, for your country or also for your state, for your city, for your region. Supporting Black-owned businesses, we make up a good, we're still in a minority group. You know, we're probably somewhere around the 20% of us own businesses, at least that are are official. Um, But when you support those businesses, whether you're black or not, I mean, different businesses take donations. There's different things you can do that are free or financial to support them. When you support them, you allow those businesses to contribute to social programming. You allow them to contribute to paying taxes. Um, these are the thing, and then you empower those businesses to be able to consume as well. So now they're able to buy more products, and it just it works to keep a healthy, holistic ecosystem going um and when you shop at 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 a minority group a minority business a black business and you support those economies those local economies that that's the only way they'll be able to take care of themselves business is that essential in a capitalistic society that we live in in america that if you you have to support them so that those companies can grow and that the communities that they serve will also grow because 
you grow a black business, what is a black business going to hire? Who are they going to hire? They're going to hire blind people. So now their their black households are making more money. Those black households are now spending more money. Um, black people have a, what a trillion dollars in, in spending power and buying power. Those businesses those excuse me those employees start buying more they start spending more then the businesses that they frequent start growing and then it's it creates an actual ripple effect that we were that we were sold on that's what creates it um and then those communities can continue to drive um progress to to the entire country um so that's my more national um stoic black and white answer my more personal answer in supporting black businesses is you you're, we we started in this country at so so far behind the start line that we're just now figuring out. And when we talk about the the inaccess and the um, the inequities and the disparities in education and resources, we started so far behind the start line that a lot of us are just figuring a lot of these things out. You support these businesses. You support their dreams. You give them a chance, and their households a chance, so that we can continue to drive our median household income. Um, and you support those dreams, and you support black art, um, black creatives, black media. There, there's a lot of different um, j- just areas in blackness or factions in blackness that that need financial support so that they can continue to advance. Um, and that that goes down to identity. If you want to be a good human. Um, this is an oppressed, an oppressed group, a, a group that is often underserved and left behind, left out of the conversation unless it's exploitative. You give those businesses a fighting chance and those owners a fighting chance that are risking everything that they have. Um, 45% of businesses start their businesses based off the money they have in their savings account. And 1% of businesses get a loan when they first start. So these businesses are risking everything that they have, these black, these brown, these white, everything that they have. But for black owned businesses that have little to no shot of getting any outside money when they start, um, you're keeping that dream alive. Um, so as, as just a, as a human that, that, that sees someone trying and that sees someone risking everything that they have, you should, you should want to support them. So, um, those are, that's my more sappy response. <laughs> no, that that's dope. And I, I definitely like, uh, both of those definitely powerful and impactful answers. So I got to ask King's dream consultant, Jawan Harris, the Basquiat of business. I need to know if you look in your crystal ball, where do you see the business going? What's next for you? What do you, what's on the horizon? For us, I want to build an institution. Uh, I want to build a small business institution. I want the brightest minds in small business working at King Street, helping to empower small businesses on a neighborhood level, on a for-profit level, um, because I do believe that for-profit entities are the true drivers of change. And that, that's a whole that's a whole lane that we won't go down. But that. That is where I see us going. I see us just being change makers in the small business space. I see us empowering more minority small businesses than than any other entity in Washington would be the goal, a for-profit small business entity in Washington. And we do that through, through our core values, which is um, save time, save money, build business, build community. Um, we That's exactly what we want to do. I, I want education that comes out of, of King Dream. I want to build curriculum. I want to empower um, small businesses 
with the things that I've learned, with the things that business owners in my network have learned so that we're educating. Um, I, I just want small businesses to know more, to know more so that they can do more so that they can grow. Um, yeah, that's, that's where I see us going. A big building, a corner office. Um, should I be fortunate enough with the brightest, most fearless minds in small business all here in Seattle, um, just driving small business uh, with just and with a neighborhood approach because that's what it's going to take and that's what these small business owners want a lot of them when they start these small businesses is to be not everyone wants to be bill gates you know not everyone wants that some people just want enough money to put food on the table for their family i want to be a part of of that and i want the people that that care about those things to to be a part of king's dream and that's phenomenal. I really appreciate you saying that because that's also a similar dream that I have for the things that I have going on and being able to do it in Detroit as somebody from Detroit um, and being able to, to see that in the fruition. Uh, definitely, you know, we're on the same wavelength there. So uh, definitely support that and support that mission. Um, want to let you know that what you all are doing at King's Dream Consulting is definitely important. It's so many things that they don't tell you about owning small business or entrepreneurship. Um, it's almost like um, people equate it to having a child a lot. And it's almost literally like that because they say it's no guide to being a parent. So you really have to figure things out as you go. But that's where that's why what you do exists. Um, so definitely, I appreciate you coming on here, giving us your wisdom, giving us some free game and how we can actually take it and apply to certain things and chopping it up with us about uh, the black business in uh, Seattle and what the historical uh, reference of, of that has been. Can you let the people know where they can find you if they want to utilize your services, if they just want to follow the mission? Let us know where people can get in contact with you. Yeah, right on our website, www.kingsdreamconsulting.com. We're King's Dream Consulting on pretty much everything, uh, on Facebook, on Yelp. Uh, we have a TikTok. Uh, we're on uh, we're on Instagram. Yep, King's Dream Consulting. Tap in, um, sign up for a, a membership and start receiving our, our free newsletters. Even if you're not in business, but you know people in business, uh, tap in, those are free. It's, it's a free monthly, bi-weekly newsletter that we do that's just about business and the different intersections. Um, King's Dream Consulting. Perfect. So you heard it here first. Make sure that you tap in with King's Dream Consulting on all the social media platforms and check out the website as well. Definitely look forward to continuing the conversation because I'm sure this is one of many. For sure, for sure. I'm so happy to be a part of it, man. Love what you're doing. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. And everybody listening, you already know how we do Black Fridays. I'm going to tap in with y'all once again next week. Hey.